Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. We started a podcast series, a mini-series, I'd call it, on dealing with the coronavirus several weeks ago, and we want to continue that today because we're still on lockdown, we're still sort of in quarantine period, and we want to continue to talk about that. This past Sunday, Pastor Mel spoke to us on a continued series about the life of Moses, and that's what we want to think about today. As Pastor Mel, you talked, you spoke on a message called, What to Do When You Feel Trapped, or How to Trust When You Feel Trapped, and that's what we want to talk about today is... I think this lines up really well with what we're currently dealing with 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 the coronavirus pandemic and it's feeling trapped and so pastor mel's with me today he's going to talk with us about this topic a little bit more a little bit deeper but hear me out this is kind of where we are in the situation with this coronavirus pandemic we're in the middle of wanting to reopen the country but at the same time the numbers still being relatively high people are dying people are still catching the disease and everyone's wondering what should we do and you got people on all sides of this. You got people who are ready to open. They're protesting. They're saying we must open our country. You got people on the other side saying, no, it's too soon. We can't. What if, what if, what if? And then you got some people in the middle, unsure, going, well, I think we should, probably should open at some point, but we do want to be careful. And I don't know if you're feeling this way, Pastor Mel, but it does feel like we're kind of trapped. Yeah, like, I think it does. I Yeah, like, like you're right. In culture, there are those that are like throw caution to the wind and Let's open up. Let's get back. You know, the economy is most important. And then there are others that are like, honestly, on a, very, very afraid with a lot of anxiety that, uh, you know, I, I don't want, I mean, all we've heard on the media and other play, and I'm not one of those blame the media for everything, guys, but uh, is to, is to be, is to be afraid that this thing could get worse, that there could be a new wave. You know, what do we do about our kids? What do we do about our neighbors? What do we do about you know, going to restaurants or whatever. And uh, in, in a sense, it, it culture's like that now where I think that there are a lot of people that feel fearful and feel 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 trapped. And I think we've, I think we've learned again that the Bible uh, is relevant, that the Bible is real and it works for life. And I think that message in my heart, I mean, there's some practical things that in my heart that God, that God spoke to me, but I think I think that is a very practical message for what we're going through today. I don't go mountain climbing or anything like that, but I've heard, I've watched some of these shows and I've heard of a term called being rim rocked. Being rim rocked when you go mountain climbing is where you get to a place on the mountain where you can't go up or down. And I don't know what that's like. I probably never, will never know what that's like, but that's kind of what it feels like. We can't go up. Up seems dangerous. We can't go down. Down seems dangerous. And so here we are stuck on the mountain. We're rim rocked. Like you said, uh, the second wave is going to be worse than the first. We can't go up. And if we go up, we're, we're going to get more deaths and everything's going to be worse. Oh, but we can't go down because the financial recession is yeah, getting worse. Right. And, and so we're rim-rocked. And that's not the Lord's game. The Lord does not that work that way. In fact, if you remember Jesus talking about in the scriptures, he says a kingdom divided against itself won't stand. The Lord does not put us in a rim-rock position where we can't go up or down. Now, it might feel that way, but that is the devil's game. The right. devil wants to pin us down and make us think that if we go forward, it's wrong. If we go backward, it's wrong. We have nowhere to move. We're stuck. We're trapped. And we have to remember that God doesn't do that. Now, I'm going to bring up an illustration. Janine and I are in the process right now, and most of you probably don't know this, but we're in the process right now of considering moving into a bigger home. And it it kind of came quickly, and there's a home available and things like that. And so we're now going, oh, I don't know. You know, what should we do? You know, we're in this house right now. It's not huge, but it's been working for us for a while, and... 
Uh, it's like, well, there's other houses available and the, the people have come down quite a bit on the rent. You know, can we swing it? And so we're feeling like that right now, like both decisions are maybe wrong. Staying put's like wrong because it's a lack of faith and oh, everything will be stressful and worse. But going forward is wrong because it costs more money and no one's spending money right now. <laughs> so we feel rim rocked a little bit. And I, we spoke the other day to each other. And I said, that's not how the Lord works. Right. The right. Lord does not pin us down like that and rim rock us and make us think that both situations are wrong and that we're going to make a huge mistake and we're going to mess up our lives by doing one or the other. Have you ever felt that way, Pastor Mel? Do you remember a time in your life where you ever felt that way, like going forward was wrong, staying back was wrong? Yeah, there's been, there's certainly been times in our lives and um, probably more than than even I'm remembering right now where where God, it seems as if God led us to a decision and this was in our hearts, like Peggy and I, to, to follow God, you know, no matter what. And it has been ever since my, you know, I dedicated my life to Christ and I, I, I want to do that. But there's times we've made the decision fully thinking this was the will of God and then humanly um, thinking like, oh my goodness, did I make a mistake? Or humanly thinking, boy, I, I just put myself in a worse situation. And and lots of times it's external things like like finances. Like I, I remember I we, we, we lived in Michigan for several years and it was it was God, you know firmly closing the door in that situation and God opened up this other door for us to move to Iowa to to me to work at the college there at Faith and and we really believed that that was what God had for us to do and then we got there and circumstances in the beginning were terrible uh, it was it was a struggle for us financially it was out of my comfort zone I was involved in a job where there, the students weren't there yet because it was a college ministry and and it just seemed hard, and it seemed like I had made a decision. You guys, my, my kids were all little, and it seemed like, my goodness, humanly, did I make a mistake? And yet I knew God closed the door, and, and I, I kind of put myself in that situation with the children of Israel. I mean, God did the plagues. God took them, and they followed God. God took them to the wilderness, <laughs> and, then, and then they're going through the wilderness, and it's okay. And then they come to the Red Sea, and it's like, I'm sure in the beginning they're thinking God's got this yeah. until they turned around and realized the, the mightiest, the strongest army in the world is coming after them. So it, it's like I put on the PowerPoint. I mean, here's the, the hostile wilderness. Here's the Red Sea. And here's the, the, the strongest army in the world. And, and they, they felt trapped. And so no wonder they responded in fear. No wonder they responded in, in complaining. And yet Moses, you know, directed by God, told the people, Put away fear, stand still, and see. Keep your eyes mm -hmm. on the Lord. And the Lord did something great that obviously that no one ever expected. Yeah, yeah. Amen. <clears throat> well, those situations in life are going to come back up again from time to time. We're in one right now, and that's why we're generally applying this to the coronavirus pandemic is because we all are kind of in this situation together. I wasn't in the situation with, with you guys and the decision-making moving to Iowa, of course, and you're not in the decision-making with Janine and I possibly moving into a bigger home, but we're all in the situation of the pandemic and we all have to make a decision, generally speaking, but maybe even this church and little pockets of our family about what to do, what what's proper, what's right. You sort of had three applications that you carried with your sermon the entire time. And I think those applications are really helpful for making this decision now, uh, whether we're in the decision-making process for our church or the country, most of us are not, we're just going to go along for the ride. But we still have decisions to make each and every day. 
And your first application was this, keep your <coughs> eyes on the Lord. The whole point is this, that the Lord has led us before, he will lead us again. I love what it says about Jesus Christ when he came to this earth. He looked upon us like sheep without a shepherd. Yeah, yeah. And he had compassion upon us. He didn't look upon us going, oh, those pitiful, worthless people not going the right way. He said, I want to shepherd them. And so how do we use that first point to keep our eyes on the Lord to weather this and, and make this a proper thing right now where we're functioning according to his plan? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I mean, I talked a lot about it on Sunday, but without, without a doubt, if we look at circumstances, then the end result is going to be that we're confused or that we're fearful or that, yeah, humanly we're going to, we're going to complain. And I talked about that. But if we keep our eyes on God, then there's always help and there's always hope. And I think, I think, and then I, that's why I gave that little outline, that kind of a sub-outline, and that is how do we keep our eyes on, on the Lord? Well, number one is to make sure that circumstances need to drive us to Scripture because that's where God has told us about himself. That's where God's told us about life. That's where God's given us answers. We have an owner's manual mm. in the Word of God mm. and that we need to do that. But but there's other things. to Like another one I talked about was, Remember in the past what God did. God's done some great things. We can look back and not forget the works of God. We can look into nature, which I think is really important. Mm. Uh, I think I think everybody understands that. At a time where we're being told, stay at home, stay at home, stay at home, don't go out. Yeah, even, even sociologists and researchers are saying, get outside in nature and just look around. And the Bible tells us that if we do that, we're going to see God. Yeah. And then we, look, we need to look in the lives of people and see the grace of God. See that God is doing something, and and if we if we see that, then I think we're going to have confidence. And like I said, with God, there's always hope and there's always help. There all there always is. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul was in a situation like this once. He was in Acts, taking the gospel to the nations, and he found himself in a similar situation that Jesus was in once to go to Jerusalem, where things were really tough persecution-wise for the Christians, or to stay back, stay safe, stay for a better season. And it's interesting in this one portion of Acts where Paul is really determined to go to Jerusalem. And all of his godly friends are saying, Paul, bad idea, yeah. not the right time. Uh, if you go there, you might die. This, this is a, the worst time to go and face this kind of thing. And Paul was so convinced in his mind that he was supposed to go to Jerusalem, live or die. And it's so interesting. And I think the only way he came to that conclusion is that he looked to Jesus. A, Jesus had been in a situation very similar to this. He had his eyes set on Jerusalem. He knew he was going to face the cross if he went back there. But that was God's will, and he did that. And second of all, Paul was attuned to Christ and his will. He yep. had spent yep. time with him. He knew how he thought. He knew what his will was. And so when he made the decision, it was lining up with Christ because, like you said, he kept his eyes on Jesus. And it's kind of like if you were watching someone, the smartest person in the room, or maybe we are in the wilderness, and we're watching some guy who is an expert in that kind of thing, and we're, whatever he does is something we're going to do as well. He's the expert. Yep. Whatever steps he takes are the steps I should take. Whatever he avoids, that's what I should avoid. But if I, do, if I take my vision off of Christ, yep. I won't see any of those things. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I brought this out on, on Sunday, but in that, in that chapter about Moses and the children of Israel at the Red Sea, and, and obviously God did this on, on purpose, and the writer did this on purpose, where you can either look at, look at Pharaoh and look at the Red Sea and get scared out of your mind, 
And that's exactly what happened. Or you can look at God and realize God's God's got this. And and I think I think all of us need to understand in ministry and in life and in our families, COVID nineteen is not a surprise mm-hmm. to God. Mm-hmm. And God has some things for us to learn, and so let's learn them. But but let's go on. Let's keep our eyes on Him. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Number two, your second application that you carried through the entire sermon was that we should rely on God God's resources, and you brought that up already. Is we have to remember God gave us scriptures. He gave us a Holy Spirit. If God would have left us blind and deaf, I think there'd be a lot of bad decision-making and there'd have to be a lot of forgiveness for that bad decision-making because we wouldn't know which way to go. Yeah. But he didn't. He gave us 66 <laughs> books of divine revelation. He gave us a Holy Spirit. He gave us a church. And he expects us to rely upon those resources. Yeah, God's given us a lot. My my goodness, I think, I think we need to step back. Again, uh, put away fear, stand still and see. Uh, step back and realize that God's given us a lot of resources, you know. And uh, if 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 we trust God and and follow His resources, yeah. And the problem is sometimes is we don't use them. God's given us His Word. God's given us the Holy Spirit, like you said, to apply His Word. God's given us a church. God's given us each other. God's given us a, a you know unbelievable resource. We're part of a community of you know of of believers, and so that we can. Um, Follow his follow his lead and trust in his lead. God never never leaves us here to flounder. God mm-hmm. doesn't do it. I, you know, mm-hmm. I talked about you and I both talked about the last couple of weeks. First Corinthians ten, and we get to First Corinthians ten thirteen. That way of escape. Yeah. Sometimes the way of escape is through it. I, I mentioned that the Red Sea. They had to go through it, but God God gave, gave them a way of escape. Mm. And and I think part for us today. I think part of it is. Keeping eternity in mind, but also realizing that God, God's given us resources. He didn't leave us here to flounder in life. Yeah. And I would say there's a paradox in Scripture between waiting on the Lord and being active with what He's already told us. I think a lot of people we get we get frustrated about not knowing the unrevealed will of God. Where should I work? Who should I marry? Should I do this? Should I do that? And we're all frazzled by those things. But we have to remember God gave us clear instructions about what we should do. And the one should trump the other because I don't know the rest yet. I don't know if I'm supposed to move. I don't know if I'm supposed to do this or do that or take this job. And so I get worried about those things. But we have to remember that God wants us active in doing what he's already told us to do. That's his revealed will. And the unrevealed will of God, like you said, wait and see. Be patient. Stand. Wait till God moves, then you move. Until God decides, until God directs, yeah. there's nothing to do. Yeah, I think I think in that story, God made it clear. It's interesting when the waters, I mean, think about that. God parted the Red Sea, but Moses had to go up with his staff mm. and hold his, I mean, just think about it. All it was was a stick, and yet and yet God God used that. And then, I mean, the, the waters, the, the, the wind, the Bible talks about that, made these walls. And just think about walking through that. And the bottom was dry, but they walked through it, and the water's right there. And so it was this unbelievable act of faith. But like you said, they had to act. And I, I thought about that, you know, that movie, The Ten Commandments or whatever, about what it was like for those people to go through, you know, and, and it, it uh, the unbelievable trust that it took for them hmm. humanly to go through the Red Sea. But they, they, had, to, they had to go. They had you know, to go. Or, or die. Yeah. yeah. Those, <laughs> those times God will reveal when it's necessary. This coronavirus pandemic, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't know if we're supposed to go, go forward and open up or stay back and, and 
wait this thing out for another month or two. I have no idea. But I am going to wait on the Lord and see what he says. Yeah. And when it's time, he's going to make it clear. Yeah, exactly right. God will make it clear. He really will. For his nation, for his yep. churches, for his people, he's going to make it clear. And until then, we aren't just sitting on our hands. We're actively doing what he's already told us to do because that is his revealed will. That guides our every day, every moment, every thought. That is loving the Lord yep. with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen. And Amen. loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. I don't care if you're on lockdown or if the nation's open back up. That's our job today, to love the Lord to trust the Lord, to obey the Lord, and to do what he's already told us to do. So and that's number two, keep our, excuse me, rely on God's resources. Number three, like you said, be ready to give God the glory for everything because God is going to direct. When he does say, when he does give us clear instructions of what to do, when we do find the answers in scripture, when we do find it from being in the church, who should get the glory for that? Yeah, amen. It's clearly the Lord. Yeah, that's why, you know, again, 1 Corinthians 10 but the last verse is 31. Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, the most mundane things of life, do do all to the glory of God. And and I, I love, I've mentioned this in church before, and First Peter says the glory of man is as the flower yeah. of grass, dandelions, that I'm trying to kill in my yard right now. <laughs> You know, and uh, they're they're gonna they're gonna go away. They're gonna fade. And and if I get the glory, then it's not gonna last very long. Yeah. And if God gets the glory, then it, it it literally lasts for eternity. And that's that's something that we can do. And I think there's a sense where you know uh, Isaiah six talks about that His glory filled the the whole earth. And I think there's a sense where uh, talking to people, which you know might be difficult now, our neighbors or but as we as you talked about being intentional and showing people the love of Christ, that that gives us an opportunity to glorify God and people realize that we're, we're, living, we're living for God here, mm -hmm. and, so, and it's okay. Yeah. So when we get through this, when we make it financially, when everything in our lives is continually taken care of, we need to stop and give glory to the Lord. It's so easy to just go, oh, back to normal, okay, da-da-da-da-da. But we have to remember where we were, what God did, and that's what the nation of Israel <laughs> failed to do. They just got on with life. Yeah, let me let me interject something there, and that, let me go back to the beginning of our discussion today, and that is, let's not forget to glorify God even when things are hard mm. too. Like we make a decision, and then and then the circumstances are hard. Uh, God, God's people need to glorify Him in that too, and and I think. It might be easier, hunky-dory, we got the money to pay the bills. Say, okay, thank you, God. But when times are hard, if we glorify God, I think that is what honors God and realizes that that's when our faith and our commitment to God and to his word has, has to kick in. And, uh, yeah, God never promises that life is going to be easy. There are trials. There are temptations in life. But God is going to see us through it. And let's, let's, let's glorify him and live for him anyway. Yeah. Amen. To summarize, we are not rim-rocked, okay? We're not pinned down, even though it may seem that way. And like there's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. There's no right decision to make. That's how the devil plays. That's not how the Lord plays. If we keep our eyes on him, if we rely on his resources, if we're ready to give him the glory, he's going to direct us when it's time. And until we do that, we are supposed to be actively doing the will he's already taught us to do. And striving to obey him now really proves a whole lot of trust in God because right now it is so tempting to wait this out, to hunker down, to hibernate, to wait till life gets better, freer, safer, financially more stable. And again, that's the devil's game. 
You and I aren't trapped because we can't do the normal things of life. We are only trapped when we buy into the lies of the devil. I remember Paul when he was in prison, still doing the will of the Lord, still yep. seeking out his right, neighbor, right. sharing Christ with Absolutely. the jailers, yep. um, writing letters to the churches. Yep. He, he wasn't pinned down. He, he just had to readjust things to, to say, I'm still here. I'm still the Lord's servant. The Lord is still on his throne. I can still be obedient in this. And my point yeah. in saying that is don't waste this time. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it's one thing to say, okay, all right, I, I stay at home. I can't go out. I got to be necessities or whatever. Okay, that means I'm going to binge watch TV shows. Right. But no, I, I think what we've got to do is realize, okay, what can I do for God? What Amen. can I do for eternity? Amen. And I think, I think even in the coronavirus, God still wants us to use our gifts. I think God still wants us to serve. God still wants us to do the spiritual disciplines that he put, put into our lives. And it, now's not the time to say, okay, I'm going to ratchet up. I'm going to spend more time wasting my time. On the I flesh. I yeah. don't think that's what God wants. Mm-hmm. I think God is going to say, okay, let's, let's, use, let's be stewards Let's be stewards and of, of even of, uh, of, uh, of a stay-at-home order, and let's do that. Yeah, yeah I mean, my mom, Peggy Walker, in her uh, Tuesday Women's Bible Study brought this point up that eternity is coming. Time is brief. I mean, if the Lord does return during the pandemic and not wait till everything gets back to normal, doesn't he want us to see us active? Absolutely, he does. Obeying, trusting, staying devoted to him in the midst of the hard thing. In fact, I would even say that that's when it counts the most. Yep. When we get back to the mountaintop and things are easy, it's easier to trust the Lord and obey the Lord. But right now is when it counts the most. Let the Lord see that we are faithful and little. And then when he says, I want you to go back to some comfort, some ease, some protection, we'll be faithful in much. Yeah, amen. I hope that's an encouragement to you today. I don't want you to feel trapped. I don't want you to feel rim-rocked. I want you to remember the Lord is on his throne. He has a plan. We might not be able to see that entire plan right now, but one day it's going to be revealed. It's going to be glorious. And until then, let's stay trusting. Let's keep our eyes on the Lord. Let's rely on the resources he's given us. And when and if, and he will, bring us through this process, let us be ready to give him the glory that he so richly deserves and even learn from this period. Because there are a whole bunch of lessons we need to take from this and apply them to whatever is coming in the future. Pastor Mel, thanks for joining us today. Sure, thank you. Great uh, great discussion today. And uh, guys, we hope you're blessed. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll come back at another week with another podcast. Many blessings to you. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.